To the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home. But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition. And there, in the midst of it all, stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate. We've got one of those leaders here for you today. I'm Jessica Edgerton. And I'm Tarko Heidinga from leading real estate companies of the world. Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production. In November of 2019, an investigative report was published by Newsday shedding light on numerous instances of alleged racial steering and other race-driven fair housing violations by Long Island real estate professionals. For those not in the know, the practice of steering is when a real estate agent focuses a buyer's home search on particular neighborhoods based on that buyer's membership in a protected class, Black buyers receiving recommended listings primarily in Black neighborhoods, whites in white neighborhoods, etc., Steering has long contributed to de facto segregation across the United States. It is also illegal under federal and state fair housing laws. The Newsday report was followed in short order by the murder of George Floyd in May of 2020, fueling social justice movements across the country. Most recently, national news headlines have brought to light an alarming accusation of race based real estate valuation inequity in the appraisal industry. In particular, there is the case of a Black Maryland couple whose home was valued at $472,000 on first appraisal, and a few months later, after the couple had quote-unquote whitewashed the home, removing their family pictures and portraits, and having a white friend answer the door for the appraiser, the home increased in appraised value by a whopping $300,000. This story is not alone in recent headlines. This series of disturbing wake-up calls has fueled a renewed focus on racial injustice in the real estate industry and a drive for better fair housing and unconscious bias training. In the world of real estate brokerage, I have witnessed firsthand as company owners across the Leading RE network have taken charge of implementing long-term DEI programs for their staff and agents and beyond the walls of their businesses These same leaders have developed compelling community-focused equity and inclusion initiatives. Among the real estate leaders breaking new ground in this arena, I challenge anyone to say they've done it better than Lennox Scott. Lennox is the chairman and CEO of John L. Scott Real Estate, one of the largest and most successful regional real estate firms in the United States, with over 100 offices and over 3,000 agents across the Pacific Northwest and into California. Lennox is a regular speaker on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and is deeply involved in leadership with the National Association of Realtors, serving as the vice chair of the NAR Diversity Committee this year and slated to serve as chair in 2023. He is a tireless advocate for diversity training and diversity in our industry, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him here with us today. Hi, Lennox. Hello. It's great to see you. Great to hear you. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's a, another great summer. So good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time today. And we are here to talk about diversity, 
equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, and you are really someone who has led the charge for DEIB in real estate and beyond. Uh, you were well ahead of the curve on this project, um, even before things really started to heat up in this space um, in the last 24 to 36 months. So to start out, can you talk a little bit about what made you focus on DEI for John L. Scott? Well, I want to start out with uh, just quickly a couple absolutes of going through this process. And we'll get into how we got started here in a second and uh, how, how to move forward. But one of the absolutes is um, we as realtors uh, support professionalism through the code of ethics. Well, we're also called upon to support fair housing. And we do that through DEI and fair housing education. And that's uh, really how we're going to be uh, move this conversation forward to affirm our professionalism and to keep elevated the, uh, the conversation around uh, fair housing uh, in the United States. So uh, that's one of them. Uh, the other one is by supporting DEI, you are also supporting fair housing. Supporting DEI leads to fair housing. So th those are two uh, absolutes that I've uh, gotten to through my journey. And uh, it's been quite a journey, uh, collaborated with a lot of uh, people, but uh, that, that's where we're, we're ending up. And um, love to uh, just share a little bit about uh, what got us going. And for me personally, uh, it was a horrific death of George Floyd. It's not about the character of George Floyd. It was about the horrific death, about the murder of George Floyd. And uh, I said those words, that is unacceptable. Everyone on our team uh, was watching and saying that was unacceptable. And that started the conversations. And we quickly had leadership conversations uh, and uh, talked about it, how, uh, how wrong that was. And then the topic came up of there's still racist language in property documents. And everybody was going, how can that be? And some people were saying, why is that? Because they really didn't know the history, uh, the racist history of um, policies of our nation, the complicity and complacency of society and the real estate industry. They didn't know anything about that. But what that did is it opened up a, uh, the listening to investigate, to find out more. And it took that seeing something, the horrific death, unacceptable, that is unacceptable to have racist language and property documents. What is that doing in there? That finally, that finally opened up the listening. Um, and only three generations, 50 plus years after the Fair Housing Act, um, the listening is now here. And that's how we got started. A lot of folks were horrified by George Floyd. A lot of folks who have recently discovered that there is still racist covenants existing in deeds across the country. And we'll, we'll dig into that and the, the work that your team and Phil McBride has been doing on that in a minute. But what distinguishes you guys, you Lennox and your company from everybody's sort of generalized horror is that you've actually taken some significant solid steps to change things. You are action focused. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done and um, what your team has done in, in your efforts to, to make uh, these changes? Sure, Jessica. Um, not only some of the items internally, but immediately we contacted the Washington Realtors. 
And we approached them and we uh, were collaborating with them on two topics. The first was mandatory diversity education. Because uh, if you quickly do the research on how many um, realtors take edu- um, uh, DEI and fair housing education, it was something like the 5 to 10%. Well, if this is a main topic that we're responsible for, it should be mandatory across the board. And it's not saying that anybody is doing anything wrong. And that's why I say it's about affirming your professionalism and keeping the conversation elevated. But remember, just two years or three years before, uh, a year before George uh, Floyd's uh, murder, uh, the Long Island investigation came out by Newsday about uh, discrimination of uh, steering. And this could be any place in the United States, anywhere in the United States, this could could have uh, taken place, this type of investigation. But it brought to light that there's, even though so much has been done, there's so much more work to do. And we're the responsible party. You can have all the fair housing laws in the universe, and they're important because they set the desired outcome uh, of where we're going. But it's realtors on the street, real estate professionals that implement fair housing. We're the responsible party of anyone to implement fair housing and move that conversation forward. Uh, so you start with leadership. Uh, and so we, we called up our uh, the Washington Realtors. We were the positive advocate. They got it passed through the state legislature for a mandatory diversity education every two years, uh, at least three clock hours every two years. Again, to keep the conversation alive. Uh, the pace we were going at before the George Floyd uh, murder, it would have been another three decades, another two or three generations to get to the point where we can move this forward by decades of the positive mindset and the psychology that each individual person in our nation is a powerful spirit and that there should be equity for all, which means equal access to opportunities. And it gets us in alignment with the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And now we are aware, because I did not grow up inside of racism. Of course, I did not. Uh, But I am now very aware of what did take place. It was wrong. It was unacceptable. And we are in leadership positions, responsible positions to uh, improve society. And at the same time, of course, uh, we're just elevating our team and uh, support from one another and uh, appreciation uh, and having that uh, positive um, environment for growth. I think that's a perfect segue to dig a little deeper into a comment you made before that um, we can't have really effective fair housing without DEI education. And I think as an industry, we sort of tend to conflate the two a little bit. Um, but you mentioned before, fair housing is is a, legal, is a set of legal constructs and DEI is something different and, and something that I think as a, as a nation and as an industry in particular, we're only really just starting to see where the nexus is between the two. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you've approached the education side on DEI to ensure fair housing continues to be elevated. Yeah, sure. And uh, where this really uh, was able to get, move forward was the uh, civil rights movements of the 1960, uh, led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What a great American. Uh, and, and helping move forward the Black American population for civil rights in 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 65, and then the Fair Housing Act of 1968. And that set the stage for all of us 
are equal in our nation. And that's how we were founded and that's who we are uh, moving forward. But it's taken a long time uh, to, uh, to move through generations and to get to this, this moment. And DEI education is uh, just uh, bringing up awareness level and appreciation for each person of who they are uh, uh, as a powerful spirit of uh, not uh, presumptive of uh, uh, thoughts about a person by based on the way they look or the group they belong or their ancestry. None of that matters. What matters is who I am today with you in a relation uh, in a situational relationship basis. Uh, and that's what DEI is all about. And that's what creates the foundation for fair housing. Because without the acknowledgement and uh, just the being that each of us is um, uh, powerful in our own rights with respect and opportunities and uh, uh, helping uplift one another, uh, you don't get to fair housing as fast. And when when you have uh, good knowledge of DEI, it just flows right into fair housing. And that's why uh, we tied the two together. And really taking a look at ourselves, right? All of us, the the, the science behind unconscious bias that's really starting to yes. be, be talked about, right? That we all have biases, everybody, whether or not you are a member of a protected class, no matter your race, gender, sexual orientation, we all hold that. And as we engage in this training, we are in are are really sort of trained psychologically to to have an automatic response to our own thoughts, our own biases as they arise. And in real estate, that's something that those micro biases, those unconscious biases, really can have an effect on the way we engage in business, as was shown, whether those were unconscious biases or not that were at play in the Newsday report of uh, late 2019. So um, fantastic. And, and, and Jessica, I, I just want to bring up a little bit more. Uh, it's, it's, and it's not just the Black American community, it's every group of diversity. And the civil rights uh, movement opened, the, opened up the possibilities for every group of diversity. And personally, I believe this starts with leadership. And it's uh, going through uh, uh, the discovery myself, uh, helping our uh, leadership team, our office leaders, all 110 go through uh, the uh, investigation and discovery seminars, conversations with each other. Uh, and we uh, went through quite a few books uh, on our website, jls4diversity.com, the initials jlsfordiversity.com. Go to the resource page, and we have eleven books on every group of uh, diversity. You know, we we picked eleven groups of diversity uh, where there was uh, racist policies and and uh, societal uh, practices against those individuals. And and by just by, by going through all eleven books, I went through twenty twenty five books. Um, it it really brought to uh, uh, to a head why the civil rights movement uh, had to happen in our nation to get us back on track uh, for the ideals that we have. One of the top recommendations that you gave me actually uh, was over a year now that uh, was just something that uh, was very eye-opening. We all know it, but when you read it and you see it in context, it's just that much more impactful was The Color of Law. Um, if our listeners haven't yes. read it, read it. Uh, this was something that Lennox passed to me and the industry, I think, uh, fortunately at this point, I think a lot of people have read it, but it's, it is a very concise history of how 
uh, federal policy really impacted segregation across our urban landscape. And what I like about that is um, uh, I listened to it on Audible, uh, and I do recommend that. And you can listen at a 1.5 speed, and it's really you, you can uh, really get everything in the inflection. Uh, uh, but it's, that's a good way to go through uh, the book, is it is a long book and it's pretty detailed. But listening to by by Audible is a good way. And separately, there is a video called Segregated by Design. I believe it's about a 25-minute video that is the recap of the book, The Color of Law. I still recommend listening to The Color of Law uh, to really get the full impact of what uh, did take place and why the things are the way they are. But that's part of discovery. So when we started out, our awareness was the horrific death of George Floyd. Uh, we started investigating. We took our whole leadership team through the book, all 110 leaders through the book, The Color of Law, and had discussion groups about it. And a lot of the comments were, I didn't realize, I didn't know. And, and that's what brought it up for leadership to support mandatory diversity education because they understood where we came from as an industry. We were, as an industry, complicit uh, with uh, and complacent with the government policies that were taking place at that time. So speak, staying with your leadership team, because there's so many folks who are doing incredible stuff on your on your team. Um, one of the initiatives that uh, your your team is focused on is the elimination of racist covenants in um, in in uh, um, deeds. And when I first heard about this, we knew that they were out there sort of buried in dusty corners. But what's really been brought up by this project is, no, they're everywhere. And as people buy their homes, they can come up. So talk a little bit about the psychology behind this project, because they're not, these these covenants aren't enforceable anymore. So so the the question is, and I know the answer, and I love this project, why? Why deal with this now? And um, how, from a logistical standpoint, this project is progressing? Well, it uh, really hit for us when you listen to uh, Mark, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speech uh, uh, of, oh, what's the famous speech? I have now? a dream. Um, I have a dream. Yeah. I have a dream speech. Excuse me for a second there. Um, uh, part of the speech is uh, that it tears at the youth uh, of diversity when they see the signs for whites only. And that's exactly the same thing that we have in property documents. It's basically saying for whites only can live here. And that is unacceptable. I know it's not enforceable, we all know that, but it shouldn't be in the document taking the joy away from a person of diversity or a person of, of, of non-diversity uh, of the of, of, of white Americans that see that document and they go, well, that's unacceptable. We never want to forget that it happened. So we're archiving those. We're working with Amazon Global Initiatives uh, with their uh, artificial intelligence. Phil McBride, our uh, uh, company operating officer, is working a project with them. We're engaged with the state of Washington. And what we found out is there, there were all these laws passed that it's not enforceable and that people, uh, homeowner, uh, property owners could remove the language, but it was a process they had to go in front of the courts and everything. It wasn't an easy process. Well, we're, we're, we worked with our state, even though we uh, it was uh, non-enforceable and they could remove it, it wasn't getting done. And so we're working with our uh, Washington realtors, got passed through our legislature to be able to remove it. 
in an administrative uh, format. So we're just now uh, it's it's we're having our beta test ready to go, and uh, we think it's going to be very successful. But only sixty percent of documents are digitized, so we'll get to those sixty percent first of where the redlining took place, and that's where this term redlining comes in. Uh, the government wouldn't make loans uh, to uh, uh, different groups of diversity. They couldn't get a loan in that area of, uh, of town. And so you, you had um, segregation. It was um, uh, by through government policy of, uh, of financing for developments, uh, you had segregation. And that's uh, what uh, created all the ripple effect of that is the quality of schools, of uh, opportunity, uh, equity of uh, opportunity, all those things got were driven uh, because of the redlining that did take place. And again, we don't want to forget it. We'll archive the documents and we want to make sure there's a great national exhibit regarding redlining. So it's never, ever forgotten that this happened in our, our history and should never happen again. It really brings to light the work that your company does to enforce, embrace, own the dream of home ownership. Um, it's, it's an incredible project. So let's talk a little bit broader. Uh, we have, as an industry, been focused for the last couple of years, uh, really on a new level since the death of George Floyd, since the Newsday article on DEI and fair housing. Um, but I, I think there's some concerns there has been in certain corners of the industry, some, some greenwashing and maybe even some exhaustion, especially as the pandemic wended its way through uh, the world and the psychology. And we've we've kind of lost the, the plot a little bit. Um, tell me I'm wrong or that I'm right and do a little bit of a sort of a diagnostic on where we are now. Well, we're, so far, we've been uh, building the uh, stronger foundation and the infrastructure for moving this conversation forward. And I just want to tell you, I'm so proud of the National Association of Realtors uh, for their involvement. They are all in on this. They realize the uh, uh, they've always been supportive of fair housing. And we had the 50th year of the Fair Housing Act in uh, uh, year 2018. And they, they, they did a lot of items around that. But there wasn't the listening out in the realtor community. There wasn't the mandatory education. There wasn't uh, the for leadership. Uh, there's a NAR uh, uh, challenge, fair housing challenge of uh, several seminars to take. Each committee is looking at this now uh, within the NAR. They're they're putting resources in uh, to. Uh, there's a collaboration between the. Diversity Committee, the Fair Housing Policy Committee, the Multicultural Leadership Group of uh, four major groups of diversity affiliated with NAR, with the Association Executive Work Group, where the implementation happens at the uh, local and state realtor associations across the uh, nation, and the NAR leadership team. Uh, and they have an uh, uh, individual overseeing these. These conversations are happening. Each group is moving something forward, but we're all in concert. Uh, next year, I'll be the chair of the NAR Diversity Committee. Uh, and uh, so, so the things, it's building. And it does take a little bit of time uh, because 26 states, I believe, have um, uh, diversity education. The others do not yet. And so we need to work with the 26 that do, to, and then we have the ones that don't. And how do we introduce it? We need to create the why video. Why, why is this even important? 
because a lot of people say, well, why, why should I take the education? I'm not um, a bias. I'm not racist. Well, it, 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 with the education is to affirm professionalism and elevate the conversation for fair housing, to keep it moving forward and keep it present. And then we're look, taking a look at meeting with other industries. Uh, you know, you have the mortgage escrow uh, title, you have appraisals, and there's been a problem with appraisals uh, about where, you know, their leadership, national leadership and state leadership and local leadership. Uh, everybody within our organization, our support team is taking diversity education uh, because we're su- we're supporting the whole conversation of this is one of our responsibilities in the real estate industry. This is part of who we are in our service to to our community. We're in the middle of an economic turn right now. We are seeing some tightening, whether or not there's still the question mark behind the word recession in the headlines right now, but for how long, we don't know. During this kind of economic environment, are there particular concerns or things that we should be thinking about as it relates directly to fair housing and to DEI as we move into this changing economic climate? Well, the uh, changing climate, of course, uh, affects um, uh, homeownership uh, possibilities for uh, first-time buyers in particular. Uh, uh, Individuals who own a home and want to buy a home, it's okay to buy and sell in same market timing. So the, the uh, and then there's a third of homeowners that do not have a mortgage. They have no mortgage balance. So those that own a home and are, are transferring and uh, repositioning and those that don't have a mortgage, uh, they're able to move forward in this market. Uh, it's the first time buyers are having a little bit more of a challenge. And there's a, a, a group working on uh, home uh, helping down payments, uh, you know, uh, helping uh, position uh, individuals for home ownership. And that's one of the objective, uh, the objectives that we're working on. While we're, we're helping uh, uh, strengthen the foundation and the infrastructure of the uh, DEI fair housing uh, movement within the National Association, within the realtor movement, the objective is education by group for each group of diversity on home ownership and a career in real estate. Yeah. So that's where we're going to. That's why we're developing the um, uh, the realtor state associations are developing uh, the DEI fair housing committees uh, and, and large associations on a local associations are developing those committees or they'll have a representative because that's where we're going uh, is that education and help to get people moving in the path towards home ownership and some in the path towards a career in real estate. And then within the organization, the realtor organization, uh, we have leadership institutes. And uh, there's now a, a proactive outreach, just not notification that there's this leadership institute, but an outreach to individuals with invitation. We think you would be fabulous to, be, to take this class to, to, um, uh, for education on uh, being a board member or in a leadership p- position of an association. Or we have our own internal leadership uh, uh, institute uh, for office leaders. It's a specific outreach and invitation, not just notification like in the past where people may not have seen it, uh, is proactively uh, seeking out individuals. So you're going to see more of these items coming up starting next year uh, as we work with each of the multicultural um, organizations. Because uh, it's uh, we're, we're definitely going to be uh, uh, in, in collaboration with each other uh, to move some of these items forward. 
I think you answered my million dollar question already, uh, which was what do we need to do going forward, right? Those are the keys. And I really love too the the focus on not only education for existing professionals, but really ensuring that we are bringing in young blood, new blood, diverse individuals to really represent our industry. Um, And you mentioned that. So talk a little bit more about what you think going forward. If these efforts are successful, what will the ripple effects be across the country? I mean, is there Are you feeling hopeful about the next 24 to 48 months in terms of these diversity efforts? Yes, I do. And uh, this is for uh, uh, those that are capable for home ownership now and uh, those that want to get into real estate to um, uh, uh, as a real estate professional to serve clients. But also this really brings up the topic of a quality education experience for all youth and, and especially uh, uh, youth of diversity, uh, you know, having more teachers of diversity because all the research comes out that uh, if a student uh, has uh, two or more teachers of diversity, of same diversity, there's a 32% greater chance of graduating from high school and going on to college. And so it's looking at some of the uh, issues that redlining caused a problem with that now can be, uh, that are acknowledged and can be addressed because quality education experience opens up all sorts of possibilities. And and so, you know, we're getting in uh, outside of uh, the realtor movement, we're getting into conversations around that. Uh, we're actually sponsoring seven um, uh, scholarships for uh, individuals of diversity to get their teacher certificate. And several uh, are getting their master's before and then to teach in the school systems. Uh, because, uh, again, it's that quality education experience. So this is a fully integrated program, and we're setting the foundation within our uh, industry uh, for society. And uh, we're, we're probably, with uh, with all the other industries, we're probably 1% of all um, Americans are around surrounding a residential transaction. But that can create more of a conversation and a movement when when you have you know, a million and a half realtors and another million and a half in all the affiliated industries, that's 3 million people across the nation that are going to be part of a conversation that have a greater understanding than ever before. We know what the vision is. We know what happened in the past. That was unacceptable. We know we can move this conversation forward. You say it's outside. We're getting a little outside of real estate, but really fundamentally we're not. I mean, think of the NA, the preamble, the NAR preamble. Under all is the land. What more yeah. fundamental do we do we represent rather other than community, land, yes, the 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 ownership of the American dream? So I think it's so fitting that uh, real estate in and you and uh, and all of the work that you're doing is is leading the charge here. So Lennox, I, I always end with uh, with this question. I'm so excited to hear your answer to this, <laughs> which is as a leader, what is the piece of advice that you were given in the past that has carried you through and that you continue to pass on to your uh, to your folks, to your team? Well, there's a uh, uh, be, we we anticipate the markets. We have strategy meetings every month. Uh, with our with our executive team and of course with our office leaders separately, but with our strategy uh, group, uh, and we anticipate what's coming up ahead. 
Uh, residential real estate is so predictable. Uh, it's the same trend line every year. There's a 10-year housing cycle. And then within each year, there's six phases to the yearly housing cycle. And, and we just look out ahead and we figure out our training, our programs, our, our communication. Uh, we're, we're, we're totally focused as a team on the uh, relationship, uh, supporting our uh, individual broker associates in their relationship with their clients. Because uh, it's not just about a newsletter going out, it's about engagement. If you really want to double up um, the repeat and referral business, it's, uh, it's engagement. On a business side, I'll just share it real quickly. Uh, a quick story. So I'm uh, 17. I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm at the base of Mount Fuji. I'm a patrol leader. My dad's a troop le- one of the troop leaders. He comes over in the morning. He says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm making the fire. And he says to me, well, you have a choice right now. Do you want to be the fire maker or the patrol leader? And luckily, I said the right thing. I said, patrol leader, and I'm here today. But, but he went on to say, he said, if you're making the fire, because he asked me whose job it was, and I said, Alan, I can still visualize him uh, getting up right now. If, if, um, if you're making the fire, you're letting your, your patrol down. Your job is to look out in front, look out ahead to what you're doing. And that just totally applies to anticipating the market, uh, looking out ahead, where are we going and what are, what are we uh, going to focus on? Lennox, I always enjoy talking to you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the work that you and your team are doing for the industry. Um, and I just appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. Well, thank you, Jessica. And uh, uh, thank you for this platform to be able to uh, further the conversation. Looking forward to talking to you again soon, Linux. Thank you. All the best. 